0: Yeah, that's a, that's oh. a that's a thing I get asked a lot because people were like, "Oh, Mark Tim and Jaime, but who's the C? am like, "Well, it's actually <laughs> more than just code if you look at the uh, the other okay. initials." But it, it would be it would be better if we did have a, a C. Or it's, it
1: could be generic. It's Mark Tim Jaime and co-hosts or some host. It should be
2: some host, right? Get it? No, some host. S- yeah, five point one. Some, some someone who
1: complies to the host protocol. It's but combine. Combine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, okay let's, let's settle this argument. I think it's combine, right? And I've been I'm sure saying that combine, it's, but I've heard other people I say tr- combine, so I, I don't yeah, know. Combine is a harvester, like, you know, forest, uh, farm equipment. Yeah. Don't you guys have combines in the States? Yeah,
0: yeah. We do. But I when mean, you say combine, I think of like the NFL combine, where all of the you know, people coming out of college who want to go into the draft, they go and they do physical tests, right? How fast can you run? How much weight can you bench press? That sort of thing. But but I,
2: why is that not combine?
0: So I don't know why they pronounce it as combine, other than perhaps the farm implement that you, you know, it's, you know, it's yeah. kind of farm, you know, farm system. It's a very common term in, in sports. But to be honest, I, I don't know, like uh, I haven't gotten around to watching the specific sessions, but I really don't remember how pretty how sure it was combined it was in those sessions. Like I, I, I personally think... prefer combine, like, oh, it combines, you know, combines your data and not combine like harvesting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I, would, yeah. I think I would have noticed if they were calling it combine.
2: Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people are calling it combine. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so there's, there's a big there's arguments and debate. On uh, on Twitter, there's a- there actually was a poll where somebody had put you know capital C O M bind or capital or lowercase C O M you know B I N E uppercase right. I don't know tabs versus spaces all over again. Here we go. Mm. Yeah. Java Java. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's uh, let's roll this uh, let's roll this podcast, shall we? Um... So, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 252 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Nope. Yep. All righty,
0: then. My grand return after two episodes away, but it's only only one week. So if you got confused in your favorite podcatcher, um, we had a two-for-one last week. So yeah. uh, listen to both. You, did, for- you didn't accidentally you know, get an extra one downloaded. That one is extra content for your listening pleasure.
2: Yeah. So, so this is a good question. So, this is my ask MTJC to the community. I just I'm curious about this. So, because I published two episodes on the same day, did people miss the live from live from the podcast studio episode because they just went to the next episode? Like my Podcatcher will download both shows, right? But I think I've only got it set to keep one, two shows maximum, right? So, like the PVR rule, you know. So actually, that's not true because I I see because I'm, I'm I'm actually behind on
0: my MTJC listening, like the. Final Final, final, final one, right? So what do you think? That's a good question. I I use Overcast, and I keep it, I think it like five episodes for okay for maximum you know queue of stuff that i have not listened to so i i saw both i listened to both i don't know what happens for other things like castro pocket cast and of course the apple podcast native app
1: right right huh yeah several yeah. people did mention to me that they listened to the wwc episode the episode but know, i but yeah. i didn't think to ask which which one <laughs> yeah
2: well that, that'll be the the uh, that'll be the easter egg i guess because yeah. the second was technically technically was the easter egg i mean hmm. I have saved it for a rainy day or whatever right but uh yeah no i thought i thought it went it thought sort it of turned out pretty good i mean um yeah I, like i said i had bought that road mic and i just plugged it into my iphone and you know when i got talking to people i sort of said, hey would you mind like if i
0: you know record this conversation and they said sure and then they just rolled with it right so mm-hmm. went well you're, said, you're a people person tim i don't think i could have done that so kudos to you for <laughs> yeah. being able to
2: <laughs> yeah well you know yeah I, I had an agenda to be honest with you because I, I didn't know if i could get any time in the studio right so mm. it was it was my backup plan but it turned out being a, to be a pretty good episode and it's going to be
0: repurposed in, in other ways we'll talk about later.
2: Alrighty. So let's, uh, let's roll with this show. So do we have an tJC honey?
0: The one that I saw was from Quentin Price who asks, how do you feel about big names like Twitter dropping iOS 10 support? Don't you think they have the resources to support it?
2: You know, that's a good question. So we, we often have this debate at work and you probably too, too, honey, because you mm-hmm. know, when we, we both work in the banking financial industry and you know, we can't really, um, um, we can't really say specifically what, um, we can't dictate to our, our clients what, what they'll use. I do know on that other platform, there's lots of support for older, I'm not even going to mention, you know, like lots of support, but on the iOS side, you know, the there's like an 80% adoption rate at least uh, for, for the latest operating system. So like, you know, i can like safe in saying that around that many people are on iOS 12 currently. And that's, I think it's pretty common for most apps. I think a lot of iOS users um, run the latest version. So you do have to support, you know, Depending on your scale, if you've got, you know, 100 customers, it's not really going to matter. But if you have, you know, I, I imagine Twitter's got millions upon millions of users, right? So if you do the math, this, you know, Quentin, you're right, is that in that, you know, even if it's like a small percentage, it's still, you know, I don't know, 500,000 users, you know, could still be on iOS 10. But I think it's I think it's um, more common that they wouldn't um, need to support older OSs that far back, right? That's like what we call N, N plus 2, right? What do you think, honey? Or N minus 2? <laughs> it's math.
0: I'm, I'm going to lead this by saying I'm going to apologize for sounding completely hypocritical in a future part of this episode. So spoilers for at some point when we talk about Swift SwiftUI. Um, I can see some of the discrepancy. You, you might look at somebody like a Facebook and say, hey, you look, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what they support, but they're pretty, pretty well known for supporting pretty far back on there. Do they? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to check to see precisely, but they're, they're one of the ones who, who hangs around in the like, we're, we're getting every user possible. Uh, until, you know, business reality sort of forces us along sort of thing. But that's because, and I I just looked this up, uh, Facebook in Q1 said that it had uh, 2.4 billion, with a B, monthly active Mm. users, Mm MAU. In contrast, Twitter, you know, certainly no slouch. I think you'd you'd want this level of success. Twitter has, uh, oh, I lost the link, Uh, 321 million, with an M, monthly active users. Say that again. 321 million monthly active users. Who's that,
2: Twitter? That's
0: Twitter. So there's a significant wow. size difference there. And I mean, you, on the one hand, to, to Quentin's point, you could say, well, you know, Twitter's got like a ton of engineers and surely they can they can handle this. And uh, I'm sure they could if they felt like that made business sense. But I think maybe they said, you know what, it, at, at ours, even at our scale, it may not make sense given that uh, we can do X, Y, and Z if we move the base operating system version up. And that's a mm-hmm. that's definitely a challenge, I think, for, for any shop that does iOS development, if you're Indie developer out there, you have more leeway in general because it's like a handful, or maybe even just you yourself deciding when to move. But it's it's definitely not like there's a you know, law or regulation or uh, a specific metric that you can say, oh, a company of this size in this category will will make these particular decisions.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's completely a business decision, and and I, you know, I, I do the math every year when a new version comes out, and 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 I usually do the the two two versions back support. Uh, in this particular case, what's with iOS 10. I mean, so what what devices do you lose? Well, so iOS 10 was when we had the 32 to 64-bit changeover, right? So
2: no, that may be an issue, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's on, the only devices, I believe, if I remember correctly, that couldn't upgrade to iOS 11 were devices that were 32-bit or below uh, and, because iOS 11 was the first purely 64-bit. So I think that means iPhone 5 and earlier. And the previous generation. Generation of iPod and, and old iPods yeah and old iPads and i mean you just got to be realistic it's you know how many of those devices are really still out there in use i mean sure there's a few and there's a, and there's some people who are stuck on those devices and, and for whatever reason can't move forward but the numbers aren't that high i mean if you look at the at the analytics you know it, it would be down to after 2 years it would be down to just a couple of percent of users of total users out there and and who knows you know it, I'm sure companies like Twitter have very strong analytics that tells tells them exactly what percentage of their active users are on the old OS. And and maybe, you know, so if the general numbers are a few percent, you know, that's that's everyone in the world using the, the old OS, whatever, you know, whatever apps they're using, if if any, they might just be using Safari or email. Uh, and, and so if, if Twitter knows that, you know, 1% of their users or less than 1% of the users are on the old OS, then yeah, it probably does make a lot of sense for the mature
2: off So I have a couple of perspectives on this. One is I still have an iPhone 3GS that I use to check the weather and stuff like that too, right? Mm. And Facebook and Twitter still run on it, and that's iOS 6. So I can't go and get a new version from the App Store, but the fact that I still have these versions on my phone. Slack stopped working about a year ago. LinkedIn stopped working about six months ago. The weather, the Apple weather app just stopped working uh, about two months ago because the Yahoo feed that was feeding the weather mm-hmm. isn't isn't there anymore so I just got a blank screen now so I use, you know I just go to Google and, and, and look up weather that way but um, yeah but my Twitter still works I can still like the if you ever see me tweeting from MTJC at two o'clock in the morning it's probably coming from that iPhone 3GS in fact I, maybe I should add that and, and it's funny because I still I only have the what was it, the old 140 characters one that you know in the old old tweet size right
0: because <laughs> yeah. the client is is clamping it down yeah, yeah yeah so
2: so if I somebody has a tweet that's longer than 140 characters I click on it and it goes to goes to Safari and opens the web client, right? Hmm. But yeah, so I'm still able to use Twitter, even though it's on an older device. I just wouldn't be able to pull a new version from the app store. Yeah, that's right?
1: actually but, a really good point in that the the old version of the app that you have installed on there probably will still work, or you know, yeah. forever. Or, or,
2: t- or, well, until they change the API. Right? Until they change
1: the API, sure.
2: Right, yeah, right. And yeah. then the other, the other perspective I have is, so the Strombo app, I added some stickers into the Strombo app about a year and a half ago, and uh, a user contacted me and said, hey, I'm still using, I guess it was a fifth-generation um, iPod. I, mean, I didn't even think about the iPods, to be honest with you, at the time. Well, you know, you listen to a music show, why wouldn't you use an iPod? And uh, yeah, so he said, because I had upgraded it to 10, he couldn't listen to it on his, on his device, because he could only it only could go up to iOS 9, I guess, right? So I actually went back in, and even though I have stickers in there, I dropped the lowest version down to 9. So people who have 10, 11, and 12 can enjoy the stickers. People on iOS 9 can still enjoy the show, but they can't get the stickers, obviously, right? But yeah, there's, there's, I mean, so in that case, I mean, like it's a handful of users. It's not like millions of users in that case, but you know, you know, and, and when you have a small app and, and you have a few users, each user is precious. But when you have like, what is it? How many million did you say, Jaime? I,
0: I think I said 321.
2: That's closely. a lot of millions, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of millions. Yeah. More millions than I care to think about. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's my perspective on it. I mean, I guess it depends on the developer. It depends on what your, your agenda is. And, and like I said, the older versions still, still work. Right. So Mm -hmm. unless like my iPad, my iPad Pro today, I just mentioned before the show that I just finished installing the iPad OS on it. I don't know if it's version 13 or version one, but I guess I could check. But um, uh, some of my old apps that I had on here from, you know, bygone days are now gone because they're there and they're they're like the little cloud icon on them. And if I click on them, they're no longer available for download on the store. So I can't, unless I restore them from backup or something, um, I can't get them back on, on the device. Right. So, like I so said, unless you restore your device, you won't be able to go back and and re pull pull those things back from the App Store. So, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with with going like dropping support a couple of versions back, right? Like we're looking, we're on the we're on the, the doorstep of iOS 13 as well, right? You know, right? There's got to be it's like the spoiler rose. Is, is it like two years or three years? You know? Yeah. By the way, there is another Ask MTJC there, Jaime. Mean
0: you want to take that one?
2: I could. So, uh, and this is sort of follow-up. Um, as you may know, may know, I played with uh, James Dempsey in The Breakpoint. So when I was at WWC2, I had to pack my ukulele and played a couple of songs there at the finale. Lots of fun. Met lots of uh, made lots of people in IRL, as as Greg would say. Uh, one of the people I met in real life is Dave Verber. And so this is sort of a real-time follow-up. I asked him how to pronounce his name and what the, what the genesis of it. Oh, I mentioned last week, didn't I? That it's actually Dutch. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is for you, Jaime, that I was doing this, this follow-up. So, um, yeah, he's a great guy, super friendly, and uh, like that. And he, of course, he, recognized, he remembered, I said you met, met Jaime Lopez, dev with the hair, in uh, London, I believe, right? And uh, he remembered
0: you, so there you go. Yeah, it wasn't quite London, and I, and I do get that a lot. I was in the UK, but it was in <laughs> Chester. Oh, also Chester, not right. Manchester, because that's very confusing to me. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not surprised you remember, Tim. I have a face that terrorizes small children. It's the so. hair that people can't it, It's one you, even <laughs> And if you try, therapy will not remove it and it's, from And it's the eyes. blue steel, right? I'm sorry, was that? The blue steel as well, right? <laughs> I don't always do the blue steel, but yeah, you know, <laughs> people remember that too. <laughs> yeah, remember my name. My name is,
2: it was the line from um, Princess Bride? Don't you remember that uh, character? Montoya with the sword?
0: Yeah, but which, oh, my name is Inigo Montoya. Yes. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Prepare to die. I think. Yes. I think it's only three lines. I yes, hope.
2: something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, so in the follow-up here, I have a bit of follow-up here uh, we've talked about uh, Federico Vitici um, in the past, being a, being a and last I think two weeks ago. No, two, sorry, a week ago. But sorry, two weeks ago and three episodes ago. In <laughs> fact, I messed myself up. Um, the uh, it, we talked about his his uh, his piece about you know being a sole uh, iPad user, like that's his main device. And uh, so it was an interesting tweet he put here. By the way, I did, I did meet him and have a selfie with him. He was too busy to to, to do a few minutes with me. But anyway, um, yeah, he's got this uh, this iPad Pro. And he's actually got a mouse connected to a Logitech MX Master 2S mouse, which I got i would love to see how he does. He does he navigate on the screen with it? But yeah, as we all know, he's and he's using the Logitech uh, keyboard for for keying in his information because he lives solely on an iPad, I believe, right? For ninety-nine percent of his work. Yeah, so he's definitely like...
0: pushed the limits with what you can do with multitasking yeah. and um, shortcuts and all sorts of stuff that he uses to continue to have the iPad. You know, very sort of straightforward. Simple experience and you know instant on and, and great battery yeah. life. Um, arguably, he could be making his life easier with a MacBook Pro, but um, you know he's finding a way. And I didn't even know that this Logitech mouse existed and would work with the iPad. So I didn't know you could use see.
2: pointing devices on on iOS devices. But I guess it makes sense, right? You, you can see here in the screenshot, he's got uh, he's got the five buttons programmed to do different things, right? Screenshots, app switcher, home, single tap. Yeah, I guess he, he can navigate around on the. i i have a. Uh, wireless mouse here. I should try and hook it up. See what, what happens. And of course, he's got in the screenshot. He's got uh, iPad uh, iPad OS installed on it, so because you can see the the home page
0: widgets on the left hand side of the screen.
2: Oh yeah, there's like a circle there. I guess that must be his uh, his uh, cursor. I guess if we call it that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess it, it's kind of like the simulator. It moves a little finger around, yeah. and you know that, that can make it easier so you're not um, having to <laughs> what is it the gorilla arm thing if you're using that thing all day and, and poking and prodding at the screen. So that, that definitely... Definitely makes sense. Um, I, actually, something you, you asked about about the iPad OS. I have not seen uh, I barely scratched the surface of, this, of the sessions, but I got the impression that iPad OS, for the most part, isn't anything different today as of you know iOS 13, but that it was a rebrand that sets the stage for iPad to move forward without necessarily having to consider how does this feature work on iPhone. And I think we will see yeah. the two diverge in the future, just like TVOS shares the same guts is iOS for the most part, but it's very radically different. And, and of course, watchOS is also radically different.
2: But isn't the spawning of multiple windows, isn't that an iPad only feature? I believe it like is. is it, yeah. They, yeah. they now have this, uh, what's it called? Scene delegate, right? Which, which you, which you use to launch, you launch extra copies of scene delegate, which like you have an app delegate, you have scene delegate, and, I'm, you know, giving away some of the Swift UI stuff. But um, I think with that, you can then, each one can have its own embedded view controller yeah. or, or something now like the, that.
1: Now the, the scene delegate, as far as I can tell, does, does exist in ios 13 yeah. even on the phone on the iphone but i think it makes sense that you can't spawn multiple scenes on a phone whereas you can on, the, on an ipad as you said
2: yeah so you could have side by side copy of notes for instance like two instances yeah. of notes yeah i haven't tried that yet. i don't know if i don't know if it's even possible with the notes app
1: yeah well i do wonder if the future is going to be such that we'll have separate app stores for ios apps and ipad apps or se- separate i mean what's going to happen with universal apps and there's a lot of a lot of questions in my mind, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't really answer any of them. So, right, right. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, well, and we
2: haven't gone to all the sessions. Like I, I said before, that like there's a file. Somebody was telling me t- today about the contents of the, the file system. Um, session was apparently quite enlightening, and, and I can talk about that too. Because like I noticed on my my um, Catalina device, and now on my on my um, on the machines that I've got Catalina and uh, Mojave installed, they separated up the operating system into a read-only volume, hmm. and the the actual working directory is called. You know whatever your partition is hy- hyphen data right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I'd heard about that part, although I have not seen in that session.
2: Yeah, so so just for for completion's sake here, since I'm talking about it, uh, what I did on on my machines, I've got a, I've got th- I've installed on three different three, three separate machines for testing purposes, but on two of them, I went into Disk Utility and created a new AFS volume called Catalina, and then when I went to install the OS, I installed um, I installed um, ten fifteen onto the Catalina volume so I could still have Mojave and Catalina switch back and forth and then I just made my home directory the same directory where all my data is on the Mojave partition right and that's working pretty well mm. yeah so and then you know because I mean it's it's like a minimal size drive that it needs for and, and these APS volumes grow as, as as needed right which I found out the hard way the other day <laughs> anyway all right our next our next piece here is is a, a post from Marco Armet. Um and I don't know if anybody listened to the the accidental tech podcast live from uh, WWC. I listened to it yesterday while I was mowing the lawn and uh, uh, the piece here is called "Apple is Listening," and it's his uh, his opinion, his opinion piece on the uh, introduction of the Mac Pro, which is actually a pro Mac for Mac users. And he talked about the the ten, uh, sorry, the twenty thirteen uh, MacBook Pro, a uh, little you know, as we call it, mini keg, uh, was not quite the pro machine that people were looking for. Um, and he, then he talks about uh, the the iMac Pro, which you know is sort of a pro level machine, has all the bells and whistles that people are looking at, you know, 5K, 6K screens, um, and um, now uh, they had a meeting, uh, and this is what he's talking about What Apple is listening, is and I guess in 2017 they had a bunch of pro users come in and talk to Apple about what their needs are and what their wants are, and that's why they came up with this, the new cheese grater, the the MacBook Pro, um, what are we calling it now? It's just called MacBook Pro, right? Mac uh, pro, pro, Mac, display.
0: Pro. Mac It's pro. really hard not to say MacBook. Sorry. But,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mac Pro, I'm, I'm saying the wrong thing. I'm Anywhere I said MacBook, just take out the book, so Mac pro um, yeah Mac pro for the new the new, new cheese grater style with super expandable lots of uh, lots of uh, they brought back to pci slots uh, and and enhanced ones I forget what they call those pci i or something like that or e um, you know so you can have extra power on the actual cards um, you can put one point five terabytes of RAM in the thing comes with a and I agree with John secure Syracusa so they in the base configuration with two hundred and fifty six Gig SSD is, as he says, garbage. Um, I think that's a ridiculous size for anybody who's in a pro business. Uh, although I guess you could use external drives and stuff like that. Um, but uh, and then this this pro monitor, pro pro display. Yeah, I think the, the
1: small drive is is uh, predominantly for a, a shop that might have some NAS, right, network attached storage. Yeah, yeah,
2: and, yeah. And, or uh, or even even local local storage. But you'd put your OS on one, and you put your your data on another, right? Yeah, for shuttling around. Yeah, yeah. A lot
1: of people these days don't store anything locally they just store everything on the network,
2: network. Yeah. So- so, yeah. so. Well, networks are so fast these days, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like, we could talk about the Mac Pro probably for a whole episode, like ATP did, but I don't, let's not. Um, but the one thing that 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 uh, people are taking, uh, um, I don't know, they're taking up. I don't know how to say it. They're t- taking offense with is this thousand dollar stand. And yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine who just before the, the podcast today, a friend of mine, an illustrator named Peter Cook, who who he, he and I both run in broadcasts and video circles. We know and he listens. To a lot of things, I think he listened to Federico Fettici in, interviewing Craig. This is really tricky, <laughs> Federighi. Oh, you yeah, got it, so, it's perfect. Yeah. well, Fettici and Federighi you know, on the same show. Um, anyway, uh, and, and I'm not sure if that was a source, but he was telling me that that uh, one of the points that that Apple made about this monitor is, first of all, in most studios they use visa mounts exclusively. So why, like, why would you build a stand that people are just going to chuck anyway, right? So that's one of the reasons why the the the, the display is available with that with a visa out as opposed to to this fancy stand. But the stand is cool, and I think the stand is repurposing, as Joe Chepilinski and I talked about last week, um, sort of repurchasing some of the technology that they came up with in, in the old iMac uh, G4, which had that, you know, the Luxo lamp sort of thing, um, with the hinged, uh, fancy hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Peter was saying about these these high-end $40,000 monitors is they have like a pure, they have what they call a true, true white color, or a pure white. But these displays can only do that for... for Minutes at a time, and then they shut down. a little red light comes on. The monitor shuts down because the idea is, if it can't show you the pure white, it doesn't show you anything at all, right? Um, and then you know you have to wait for it to to come back on again and show you that pure white again, and you know for proper color balance and that kind of stuff. And apparently, the Apple display doesn't have this you know limitation. It can stay clear, pure, correct for you know much more time. In fact, they talked about it at, in the in the in the uh, the keynote, right, about how long this this thing can stay on, and it can handle the heat. And it's got the heat dissipation holes in the back, and all that kind of stuff, right? It actually has a couple fans too for that purpose. And um, so that's like that's a good reason. I mean, to think about it, like in a in a high end video studio, you would have one of these forty thousand dollar monitors and a bunch of regular displays for the rest of the people in, in the crew. Here, they could pretty, pretty much buy the four, five thousand, six thousand dollar you know displays. I think it's $6, 000, 599 with the with the etched you know anti glare. Their, um finish uh, they could have they could afford to have multiple of those in the studio mm-hmm. and uh and then yeah, like they're not going to bother buying the stand they're just gonna chuck them away right so, so all the sort of knocking that apple's taken about this this separate stand mind you stand for a thousand bucks does yeah,
1: sound like a lot you of know money. Even, even if you, the stand is optional it doesn't mean it has to be sold for a thousand bucks to people who do need it
2: true yeah 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 or want it I mean that's the other thing too right, right? like I don't know I, I often wonder too like kind of like how engineered do these visa stands have to be if they can handle the weight. Of a monitor, right? Like I said, they have
0: to be heavily engineered, right? Hydraulics and all that in that sense. Hmm. To get that really smooth, y- you barely touch it at all and it will adjust, but yet not yeah. flop down Yeah, I mean, or that's... sink to the sink to the table. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're Like, oh, look, the rubber bands broke after three months and now it kind of sags and I have to use, you know, ropes to, to keep that thing aloft. But yeah, you know, <laughs> my take on it, you know, so first blush, I'll be quite honest, first blush, I said, wow, that is the most expensive dongle ever, right? <laughs> a thousand dollars but then i said no 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 just like rather than thinking of the iphone 10 as having a notch but rather they added ears they took away bezel i think your point is spot on in that you know instead of looking as oh look like it's a thousand dollars more for this thing it's like no no, no. for people who generally don't have to, you know a need for the stand because you're using the visa mounts this is a thousand dollars savings so now true. how much would yeah. you pay a thousand dollars less i just told you <laughs> you don't have to pay yeah, for that it, part it is the
1: if they had instead of selling the the monitor for six thousand dollars in the stand for thousand dollars if they had sold the pair for seven thousand dollars it's still so much cheaper than the pro version that people wouldn't really be complaining
2: true yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. i think it was that was a missed marketing opportunity for them yeah Yeah, for sure yeah 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 i mean what so what do you think about the mac pro in general i mean like hang on mark you've been talking about getting an apple display for a long time
1: yeah i'm not gonna buy a six thousand dollar apple display no (laughs) No helicopters in your (laughs) future they're beautiful but i'm not gonna spend that kind of Money on a display.
2: You might want to refer to, no, you really nor on their first story. No, no.
1: I'm also not as much as I'd like to get a Mac Pro. I'm not going to spend minimum six thousand bucks on a, on a Mac Pro. That's just that just make doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah, as much as I'd actually. like to have one, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about this. I think my first computer system all in was around fourteen thousand dollars. It was like a two CI two CX, a nineteen inch biking monitor, and it, I think probably a laser writer and a scanner. Right, Apple the Apple three hundred scanner back in the day. And I don't remember if, they, if, they, if, that, if that. Yeah, no. And then I bought a, a Mac 2FX. Remember those? That was at least at least ten or twelve thousand dollars. So I figured that was like eighty nine. So it, what would that what cost today? What is that in U.S. dollars? At the time, I think we were probably about where we are now in terms of like seventy five dollars to you know seventy five dollars to hundred here in Canada, right? I think because we, I think the American dollar was, was worth more at the time. Mm. Um, but it made, but think about that. It was like nineteen eighty nine, right? Like what would that computer cost today? When the two FX was like the cat's ass, us, right?
0: Yeah. I think they might've said this. If it wasn't ATP, it was a very similar podcast where they, you know, done the U S dollar equivalents and it would have been like the same amount of money.
2: And we talked about it on our show. Um, um, Alexis made the point that the original Mac was 20, 24.99 or something like that. Um, in
0: 1980, 1984. And that would oh, see, I, I apologize. My, my vague memory was like, well, it wasn't us. It was like, cause it sort of wasn't, it wasn't right? you. It wasn't the, the only, wasn't the me. only, you know, non three of us voices that I just, recognize our greg and tammy right that's right right me. so it, it may be drew i actually recognized drew before um before you'd even like said anything hearing him on the on yeah the, on the, the, like man on the street show
2: yeah oh yeah right yeah 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 no i it, so i i just kind of i mean maybe we can do this for follow-up what would what, what would 1989 be worth because i'm i'm thinking like if i was paying that much for i mean I, you can just do the math fourteen thousand dollars you're not gonna spend that you might spend that on a on a mac pro now with a with a display right especially if you got the stand
0: yeah <laughs> I, I think, like, Mark, uh, my particular needs, I mean, this is for truly hardcore, you know, beefing com- uh, beefy computer powder, which uh, I, I definitely don't need for what I use. I certainly won't turn one down, you know, if Apple's listening out there and like, wow, we want an influencer program. You better believe I will talk it up and be like, oh, look how awesome yeah. this thing is, because it will be awesome. But it's like. Yeah, send us a re- review copy. Yeah. It's like using a Ferrari to drive down to get my mail. <laughs> you know, it's like, sure, it's great. Yeah. But uh, it's not a luxury I can afford. Um, you know, maybe if I win the lottery or something, I'll, I'll buy a couple of them, have one in each room. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, real-time follow-up in, for U.S. dollars, at least, don't know about Canadian dollars, but for U.S. dollars, $100 in 1989 is equivalent to $206.53 right now.
2: So twice, roughly, so basically right?
1: doubled. Doubled, yeah. Yeah,
2: so that's, that's quite a quite a Mac Pro you could buy with my Mac 2 FX money, right? Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which, so, so here's the thing. So I think that was on the, I bought it, I think it came with, uh, System 6.8, it had an 824 GC graphics card in it, right? And I think I had a, a whopping 13-inch RGB monitor on it. But the, but the GC card was, like, supposed to be super-duper fast, right? And then when I upgraded it to, th- to System 7, there was no driver for that card. Thank you very much, Apple. This is, like, one of my first experiences with computers. It was, like, 1990 when, when 7 came out. Well,
1: it's okay. Since it was System 7, nothing else worked either, so it doesn't really That's matter. Yeah, was
2: well, it was It was still pretty good. I like System, System 7. System Seven was- seven point five was actually was, was probably my favorite one. OS. Huh?
1: wasn't it the Wasn't System Seven the buggiest one of all time? It used to crash. the time. Was,
2: it was pretty. It was okay. It was pretty buggy, yeah. as it, I recall. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. It had the. It start. They started to have uh, colored icons and stuff like that on the desktop. Yeah. I mean like you know, like three D effects and stuff like that. Yeah, hmm. I got a copy of that when I went to um, to Barcelona for the the Olympics because Apple was doing the uh, timekeeping for the ninety two Olympics. I was there in ninety one a proposal for them, but yeah. some and one of the Apple guys said, hey, have you got System 7 yet? And he handed me a PsyQuest drive with it on it. So, yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah, moving on. So, Jaime, you have a story here about BYOD.
0: Yeah, bring your own device is what that stands for, and I thought this was technically follow-up to us talking about uh, mobile device management, MDM mm-hmm. enrollment and stuff, but uh, I don't know if this is covered in a session or not.
2: But There was an MDM session, so it may have been.
0: Okay, cool. So I'd say folks should definitely check that out, but it seems like the, the TL DR or, or, or DW. By the way, Ricky's yelling at his phone
2: right now because he went to the MDM session. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, the big cool thing is that you do have uh, new enrollment options. Like you can have a managed Apple ID from your employer that sits alongside your personal ID. There is separation of personal and work data. And I think the, the key thing for me is the limited set of device-wide management capabilities for IT. So the basic mm-hmm. idea is you'd, you'd get, you know, a work Apple ID and... You can have apps that are specific for work. You can have your own apps specific for your personal life. And then on the device management side, IT can only uh, wipe whatever it is that was included as part of that work information. So rather than like, well, it's it's kind of all or nothing, right? You're like, Whoops, uh, somebody in IT accidentally wiped my phone. Whoopsie, um, too bad I'm on vacation and nowhere near an Apple store and can't deal with the problem, right?
2: Right, and, and the the data on the work side is cryptographically um, protected. So you, there's no way that, you know, they could, you could get at it from your personal side and vice versa. Like they, you can't even like move files back and forth. i um, curious though. So are we just talking about the Mac? Cause you know, having multiple user accounts on a Mac is not, not a big thing, but if this is on iOS, that's pretty effing cool, right? Cause we've been talking about having multi, multiple user accounts on iOS devices in the past.
0: I mean, this article made me think that it would work on iOS as well, but maybe I <laughs> having not seen the session, maybe I completely misunderstood the context. Here.
2: Yeah, because that's on my wish list is to have multiple user accounts on devices, right? All yeah. devices.
0: Yeah, and, and, and they sort of do have it like for. Because um, you got a that classroom, classroom environment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly a need I see that people could have um, for completeness. People out there who are in the Android ecosystem will point out that Android's had this for, for some time, but sure, would like to see it in the Apple ecosystem for iPhone in particular.
2: Well, it's a Unix paradigm going to day one, right? To have multiple users on a single account. In fact, we do have multiple users because we have all those root root users and web users and, you know, MySQL users and all those sort of different services that you use under the hood are all, are all owned by different user accounts on your, on your actual Mac right now, right? Sort
1: of. Yeah. But they, they share a common file system and it's all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. right. And
1: that's, that's a little bit complicated with all the sandboxing. I do wonder if, if this is going to be true on iOS and you have two just completely say separate partitions, one for work, one for, one for personal use, uh, will you be able to have two copies of the same app, one in your user, user per, uh, partition, I'm calling a partition for lack of that word, uh, and one in your business partition. So with two completely independent sets of data. And mm-hmm. if, if that's the case, then uh, I mean, I guess one would be managed by the app store and one would be managed by your company's MDM app store. And yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's another interesting thing to see how, it how it'll all work out and how play out. It seems like it could be yeah. a little confusing for people to have two different versions of, the same app, uh, yeah, well, we especially, especially with, um, especially with, uh, uh, you know, multitasking and, and, uh, you know, kill, you kill one version of the app. What if, how do you, how do you know which one you killed? Was it the work one or was it your personal one? You'd get kind of confusing.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't think, you, I don't think you're logged into both accounts at the same time, right? It's, so it's may- a little
0: confusing because they do mention that, uh, some of the built-in apps like notes will be account based. So the app right. will use the yeah. appropriate Apple ID. Um, but then it also separately later on in the article mentions that, uh, IT cannot, See what's on your your personal side of right, things, right. right? Like you That's know, you right, installed some porn, app that right? you'd rather they didn't know about. Like, well, they're not going to know about it because it's on the other side of the wall. Right. Um, but so but
1: it, think about it, the whole way that iOS works right now. An app has no idea of, of whether you're quote logged into anything, right? You mm-hmm. just you just right. turn on your phone and you tap an app and it launches. So it almost sounds like you'd have to have two pretty much completely separate installations of iOS running on the phone independently of each
2: other. Well, hang on. Let's go back to that file system thing I talked about before. And by the way, you are using the right terminology. It is partitions because, as I said before, in um, uh, Catalina, you have your your operating system partition called Catalina. Yeah, but
1: you're talking about the Mac. We're
2: talking about iOS. I know, I know. I, but I think it's the same on iOS, though. That's my point, right? Like like, like the fact that you can have that you have your operating system in one protected area and then you have your data, your user data in a different one. Like, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they do the same thing? Because in, in traditional Unix, you used to have, you'd have a a root partition which where you have your operating system you have a swap partition where your virtual memory is and then you have your user per- per- partition where your home directory is right
1: right right but like, but this is this is essentially disk storage or virtual disk yeah. storage that you're talking about uh, I'm talking about in, in just using iOS right now you you run an app and
2: yeah no you yeah it's all within the same contained and, space and
1: right? yeah are you running you did, how do you know whether you're running the your user version of the app or your your business version of the app
0: yeah you Personally, yeah, yeah, that's right. True. Yeah, I yeah. probably need to watch the session, but I'm kind of imagining that maybe you end up sort of switching modes in certain sort of ways. It's like, oh, well, again, we don't know
2: if this is for iOS, as we just said. Like, we the description in the story doesn't doesn't separate between whether this is Mac OS or iOS that they're they're having this multiple user managed position.
1: Sure, thing but it, but it sort of only makes sense for iOS, right? Because on the Mac, you've already yeah. got this. I mean, it kind of already exists essentially.
2: Well, no, I mean the Which the story is, is about yes. the fact that they can have a managed. Managed partition or managed section of the of the machine and the unmanaged like a personal managed personal you know obfuscated version of, of your, your system or whatever, right? Like like I could take my MacBook Pro or sorry, my MacBook Air into the office, enroll it, right, but I would still have my personal home stuff protected from the IT stuff. That's what this this story is about. This BYOD thing, right? But B O I D normally means in my mind it normally means bringing your iPhone or your Android device in too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It says here to separate work data from personal iOS would create a managed APFS volume at the time of the oh it world. is iOS actually you're right it was right in, the, right in the first first paragraph I read this when I was very sleepy so I forgot to <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those oh <laughs> you wake up you, you see the news like oh let me save this for content but I should have gone back and, and read it
2: No, oh, it's still totally cool if you if this I mean if, if your company will let you do this but yeah <laughs> but yeah this this uh, this sounds pretty cool because because that's that's a challenge for us like we have like in in our situation we have a container version of our mail and web and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we have, we have a protected environment where, where, you know, our, our work stuff lives. And, and, you know, I chose not to enroll my whole device because I don't want my IT department to have control of my device.
0: I don't remember. I remember it was something like you could add uh, provisioning profiles of some sort for IT management, but I yeah. said, no, thank you for the reasons described in the article of like, yeah, uh, I'm not worried about malicious. I'm more worried about, whoops, there was a bug or whoops, I clicked the wrong user and accidentally wiped the wrong user. Um,
2: Like we had, we used to have this fully enrolled version where, but it would take away things like handoff, which I'm not going to, I couldn't live without handoff these days. I don't know about you guys, but because I'm constantly moving from Mac to iOS and back, right?
0: No, I, I, I I mean, I understand your, your point and I I am um, losing out on that benefit, but I've kept a pretty strong firewall of like, you got to provide equipment, you got to provide email. And when I get registered for the team's um, uh, Apple developer account and stuff, it's, it's all through work email so
2: yeah i keep my work and home separated
0: and separate and and it makes it easier for like oh you know you leave the company you know you know maybe you find a new job or you know worst case if something happens you know terrible to you the company can like hijack their own accounts right and be like whoops was lopez the only one who had access to the app sorry well (laughs) let's hijack his email reset his his password and then we can go in and deal with that right if if it's my personal stuff there's no way i'm letting anybody do that and it also makes it cleaner and i
2: have to Log in, like you know, it's a Face ID login, but still, you know. So if I leave the company, they just blow away my password, and then I, I basically can't even use the app, right? So, right. It sounds pretty cool. I mean, like the, like I said before, I've, I've often wondered why we can't have multiple users on on device, and and I'm a big fan of MDM um, as far as you know, being able to manage corporate secrets and stuff like that, right? So you know, you want to you want to protect your company from your users, and that's what that's I think that's what the whole purpose of MDM is about, right? So, but. I know they've had this in the past, but uh, but this sounds a little bit more more better thought out, right? This this is Apple doing this too, right? Not um, not like third party solutions like Jamf and that kind
0: of thing, right? That that was my understanding is that it was official Apple uh, solution. Cool, All right.
2: Right. Well, this this next story came in. Well, it says the third of uh, June, right? So last week, I guess. Uh, this is a, a quick story, and this sort of follows up on the uh, shenanigans that we've seen from companies like Facebook and Google with their enterprise certificate so this is follow-up on that story that where you know they were um, providing using their enterprise um, uh, license or certificates to sign and distribute apps to people outside of their their um, their environments um, Apple has now uh, sort of stepped up and said that um, they will uh, reserve the right to review enterprise level apps um, so in the past I think people kind of thought well if it's enterprise I can you know pretty much as long as I stay within some rules I can do what I want with them I can distribute them However I want, um, Apple's now saying that uh, they're they're going to um, have some uh, oversight on what people are doing with enterprise apps going forward. Thoughts
1: Well, I wonder if they'll be uh, reviewing the content of the enterprise apps. it seems seems sort of unlikely that they'd be doing that as opposed to uh, reviewing the distribution of the enterprise apps because they try to solve the problem of of people essentially using the enterprise programs to to give versus the app people outside of their company, which violates mm-hmm. the rules. So if they if they were reviewing the content, I would be a little bit surprised.
2: Yeah, I think maybe they're they're more talking about the you know the what the app is doing. Um, you know, like 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 it's sort of like a review process, not quite a review process, but I think uh, an ability to go in and, and uh, look at look at them, right?
0: Yeah. So I could see them running automated stuff to see: Are you trying to use private net um, frameworks and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. 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 So maybe not the like <laughs> the good old days. Of the apps are like, hey, we don't think your app's worth it. So we're just going to reject it. Um, certainly they don't tend to do that now. It tends to be a specific guideline that they're looking for. But I, I also don't think it will be, hey, we don't think this is a great app or, or any of that sort of you know deep functionality from a user side. I think it's more right. probably going to tend towards, oh, um, are you using private frameworks to do things you shouldn't be doing? Things that you clearly would be unable to do on the app store, uh, right. like the um, you know scanning people's devices for all sorts of other stuff uh, under the guise of offering a VPN or offering a survey app and that sort of thing. Sure.
2: Sure. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to. I want to. I want to sort of take another stab at WWDC. Although I know we've had we've had two. Two episodes about WWC so far, but you know it's, it's the time of the year. Um, Jaime, why don't you uh, and Mark? I'm sure you had some time to look at some videos now, right? Um, what uh, What do you guys think about uh, WWC so far? Uh,
1: some interesting stuff. I, you know, I, looking back on it, while it was going on, it seemed like there were a huge number of, of cool new things. Uh, but looking back, it, it it sort of seemed to me like there were a couple of really huge things, like SwiftUI and, and Combine, uh, but there weren't as many huge things as I kind of expected, I mean, there were, as, right, I, as yeah. I remembered. Yeah, so basically those those two uh, and the hardware stuff.
2: Right and, right. and and as I said, going into it, like, remember we were talking, we were joking about the dark mode and yeah. the five sessions they would have on dark mode. They literally had, I think, five, at least five, maybe seven sessions. I mean, Swift, Swift UI was talked about in just about every session. Sure. Um, and unless it was like collection views or, or I know there were some sessions on Core Data, which I haven't had a chance to see yet, but... Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I went to I went to at least three sessions. In fact, I didn't even catch Combine in it's Combine. Jeez, I just Combine. I didn't, didn't even catch Combine in the in it didn't. I didn't even. It kind of flew past me in, in the in the keynote. But when I went to one of the first sessions on SwiftUI, I think it was SwiftUI Essentials, like the very first session on it, and they mentioned Combine. Um, a, a red flag went, went off in my head. I said, "Hey, we better go check this out." And so there were two other sessions on Combine. Um, my, my colleague Sue went to one. One and I went to the second one and we kind of traded back and traded notes back and forth throughout the rest of the week. But, um, yeah, cause, I, cause it dawned on me that we should pay attention to that. But like, but my point is that that was always Swift UI was in every, you know, whether it was the making of avocado toast or whatever, which was seen to be another a running theme throughout the, 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 the sessions. Um, you know, hipsters and their avocado toast. Mm-hmm. Um last year wasn't Unicorns or something, was that two years ago? Unicorn Finder. Uh, anyway, um Last yeah, year it was, it was
0: Soup. S- soup. Oh, oh right. that's right, yeah. all the series shortcut stuff was soup chef really. Yeah. 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 Soup chef, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, this year was avocado toast. Yeah. So um yeah I guess
1: um, another big thing was the standalone watch apps. Like, I kinda didn't think about that.
2: Right, right, yeah.
1: Very little about yeah. T V O S, pretty much almost nothing on T V O S.
2: Yeah, yeah. But again, hey, Swift UI for tvOS and Swift UI for for watch. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, I was I was wrong about uh, how much emphasis on services there would be. Uh, of course, they did uh, they did uh, announce the the standalone iTunes replacement app. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was expecting there to be a lot more developer support for those individual apps. Oh, that's true. Yeah, And yeah, then, yeah, there really yeah. wasn't much of that at all.
2: Yeah, and the whole uh, Marzipan uh, project. What do you call it? Project Catalyst. 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 Yeah. That that. I don't know if there was were there much sessions on that. There wasn't but, that much.
0: No. Not as much as you were expecting, right? Right, right. Hmm. and I was notably wrong because I thought, oh, they're going to give us preview, and then for real Z's next year. And clearly, oh, yeah. they're giving us for real this year.
2: Yeah. Well, are they though? Or are we going to be able to ship, be able to ship these things? I, guess, I assume right?
0: so, since they didn't say. You know, and you'll be able to start shipping them in twenty twenty.
2: Right, right, right.
0: I mean, be rather, <laughs> rather. So, womp, womp. If they <laughs> change that come September.
2: So, do you think when ten fifteen launches, we'll be able to throw up our? Uh, we'll be able to? I guess so a week before it comes out, they'll say submit your your iPad apps for Mac or whatever. Project Catalyst. Because when they say Project Catalyst, to me, it sounds like it's still in the works. Don't you think?
0: It's it's a weird name, and I don't understand why they changed it from Marzipan, since neither one... I guess Marzipan is slightly more nonsensical than well, Catalyst. They always, they always, always have always, a code word for... This is the catalyst to... for, for, for new be- beginnings of you know iPad stuff on Mac. Well, I don't know, okay, right. maybe. But Marzipan was the name we'd already had, and it was kind of a silly but useful code name because we all knew what we were talking about, right? And if you knew the secret code word, you knew what it was because it was consistently used.
2: Yeah, but they always do that. They always have, have sort of a, a word to mask the actual meaning, you know, um, as when it's in-house in development, right? And then, True, then but, it, but they told us what it was. Did they tell us Marzban, or was it leaked out by Puerto oh, and those did, guys?
0: Oh, did they never actually say? Stroud Smith? Maybe did Stroud Smith bring that out? Or? I take it back. You're right. Maybe it was just in the uh, the podcastosphere the and blogosphere yeah. for so much that I just sort of, you know, in my mind believed that Apple had officially given that name but maybe they didn't yeah
2: yeah so was there many sessions on ar because they had that game there i don't know if you saw the Mm -hmm. the bowling game that we were playing in i I saw watch tim cook play it on after the keynote um where you had an ipad and you you used your forward motion to to run this bowling ball into your opponent's
0: pins I think there were a handful of such. at least one on like what's new in ARKit 3, I think, and then one separate one for Reality Composer.
2: Oh, Reality Composer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounded
1: like a really cool Oh, song. yeah, there was that too. Yeah. Okay, maybe there was last <laughs> Yeah, there was also... Uh- uh, what was the one I was just thinking of? Uh, SF symbols. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, mm, yeah. All right. Yeah. Looking back, there is more than I. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, Ricky also, also, Apple officially supporting WebSockets is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. I didn't see
0: that. Is that like in a new and networking sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I haven't watched that session yet, but I I assume that they've written a version of WebSockets sits on top of of uh, Network.framework. That's my my assumption, which would be a kind of a cool thing instead of yeah. a building built being built on top of like old POSIX sockets. Kind of cool. Swift package manager, next code. Yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, some was of those no are, are, there was no services. There was no That's services. That's your point. And no some yeah. of those are pretty nice,
0: but I, but <laughs> I think so. My I think my mind was blown purely by Swift UI and, and how sort of a mega change that is. So if you've skipped ahead in the episode and, and you heard me just say, "Oh yeah, I think you know it's up to companies to decide what they want to do," this is the other side of that where I sound really hypocritical. Where like I really want Swift UI to be the basis going forward, and I really want therefore iOS thirteen. And uh, I think Catalina, I assume to be the basis going forward, like as soon as possible, because Mm -hmm. I I do think that Swift UI uh, and and granted it is um, V1 generation one. Uh, If you remember how auto layout was in iOS six, you're probably maybe a little cringing, properly cautious about this. But assuming that, um, you know, whatever warts are are things that could be dealt with, I think truly that this will make it um, it will make it difficult to attract, retain higher folks. If you're not having Swift UI somewhere in your development story,
2: playing your plan, you're open yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: I think this definitely puts a, a, a damper on stuff like React Native and Flutter and a few other things. Um, mm-hmm. Plain old UI kit and App Kit stuff seems like it will be a lot less interesting, you know, come September and certainly in a year from now when the vast yep. majority of folks have iOS 13 as their base. And I think that will impact hiring stuff. So you're like, oh, yeah, we've got like, I mean, even right now, there are definitely places that still, um, you know, are uh, Objective C only, or, or some other thing? And Marco Armit focus. said he's
2: going to learn Swift now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I guess it ends. You know, it's, it's a good time. It's nice and stable. So there, there's that, and there's there's nice things like we mentioned. But I do think that you uh, Swift UI uh, alone sort of warranted the whoa. That's mind blowing. That it's this brand new paradigm for how we're going to build apps. At least the UI part.
2: So no support for collection views in Swift UI yet. That's correct. I think we, have to, we have to wait for Swift 2.0. Swift UI 2.0.
0: Yeah, that's kind
1: of an interesting thing.
2: Yeah, but, uh, but, but, okay. So, have, have you guys played with the SwiftUI at all, or even looked at some of the? I know you've looked at the tutorials. I mean, I, I, you know, I picked the same thing again for picks. But have you have you guys looked at it or read through what what can be done so far?
1: A little bit, not a ho- not a whole lot.
0: Yeah, I haven't gotten that far into the, the the tutorials. You know, like a spoiler for the pick later the episode. Yeah. they're pretty nice and they cover a lot of different angles. Um, but I do think that we will have to figure out as a community some of the best practices like i've definitely right. heard people talking about um the return of the pyramid of doom which <laughs> if you look at the sort of the very basic and straightforward um code that apple's put out for examples like i can get why people don't think that but if you see other things like i apologize it was either uh john Sundell or or paul hudson's sites they've talked about like oh you're going to want to abstract this part out so that you're building up from smaller and smaller little lego bricks right and so right. you don't have the the giant pyramid of doom and i also think we will need to figure out the right way to handle uh, separation of concerns so that like a list view doesn't necessarily know where things are going to go to Uh, the sort of naive example that apple shows just for ease of clarity is like oh this this list view is wrapped in a like a navigation view i want to say it as a navigation button or something and and that's the one it knows like yes i'm specifically going to go to the item detail well it really shouldn't know that but thinking how the um the swift ui declaration stuff works it kind of seems like you would have A different thing, a little component that says, like, oh, I'm the one who's smart enough to know this will go there. You don't have to worry about that list. You will ask me for where it should go and then I will tell you.
2: So, under the hood, I mean, like, we're, we're, I talked about this last week. I think I I recall there being a home view controller that sits above UI view controller traditional stuff, right? And that's where, where this, you know, sequence de- delegate and all this stuff lives. Do you think under the hood, there really is a table of view controller that
1: you're creating when you create that list? Because obviously there has to be, right? Yeah, I've been wondering uh, that myself. Uh, you know, at, at runtime, you say you have Objective-C and you have Swift still being interoperable. And yeah. from Swift, you can use UIKit stuff. So so is Swift UI just converting to UIKit elements uh, un- at compile time? I, I, I wonder that myself.
0: It seems well, from information that I've seen where people have been poking at this, that the answer is yes and no. So in some right. cases it seems like, yes, it is deferring to app kit and UI kit stuff. Mm-hmm. But in other cases, they seem to be doing custom layer based rendering to get some of that performance. So what Does mean, some we, of these people we, were,
2: the segues are gone, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the way data flows is being abstracted by com combine. I almost said combine again. Um, uh, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, like I, I actually wrote a, ta- a table view today in like 20 lines of code. Like it was crazy. You know, like Apple's way of going through the tutorials is to to walk you step by step to sort of get you to understand what you're doing. But it, at the end of the, at the end of the exercise, you've got a 20 line table view
0: right 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 and and just for for completeness of what i was saying before the the big thing for us is that swift ui is declarative and so apple can change the underpinnings and it doesn't hypothetically impact our code right we just say i would like this thing to be and and however you feel like making it become that cool that's that's up to you and i do think that's really neat how swift ui sort of fulfills the promise of the uh nib based interface builder stuff of like you you see it what you. See is what you get if you write the code it automatically updates in the visual representation. If you change the visual representation, it automatically changes the code, which is cool. Um, the one downside is it doesn't really fully replace storyboards because it doesn't really have mm-hmm. an answer for um, inter-scene or interscreen sort of you know path handling, which storyboards are really good at. Yeah,
2: all right, all right, mm, all right. So let's move on to your next story here, homie, huh, about the uh, App Store review guidelines.
0: Yeah, there's surprise, a, surprise. There's, there's a whole mess of them. Uh, this is Jay's June 3rd from uh, news and updates. I think I got this from an email, so we didn't check your inbox. I've checked it for you. Um, There's some guideline changes to keep data privacy first and foremost for children, so apps in the kids categories and intended for kids cannot include, cannot include, cannot include, include. (laughs) so big I said it thrice, cannot include third-party advertising or analytics software and may not transmit data to third-party. This guideline is now enforced for new apps. Existing apps must follow this guideline by September 3rd, 2019. yeah. That is Dropping a bomb, so to speak, yeah, in that yeah. in that arena, they are definitely drawing a line in the sand for that. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, continuing down the list, uh, HTML5 games distributed in apps may not provide access to real money gaming, lotteries, charitable donations, and it may not support digital commerce. Mm-mm. Again, enforced now for new apps; existing apps follow by September third, twenty nineteen. Another one mm. that's just drawing a line in the sand is VPNs. Provide access to sensitive data, so guess what? You cannot sell, use, or disclose to third parties any data for any purpose and must commit to this in a privacy policy uh, with the caveat that certain types of apps such as those for parental content control um, may use the any VPN manager API brand new guideline around MDM as well in providing access to, to private data um, apps may use a user's health or fitness data provided benefit directly to that user such as a reduced insurance premium if the app is submitted by the entity providing the benefit and the data is not shared with third party developers must also de- disclose to the user that this is occurring apparently um, mm. this one about uh, apps to compile information from any sources, not directly from the user or without the user's explicit consent. Even public databases are not permitted in the App Store. Not 100% certain where that's coming from, except possibly some of the things like the large... face recognition databases that have been out there that even some of the parties like Microsoft have been trying to pull back and remove from uh, from their, their public repos. Uh, here's, I'm sure, a controversial, and I'm, I'm, I'm shocked I haven't heard this in other media, uh, apps may not facilitate purchase of ammunition. That is very specific. <laughs> That's really? very specific. Wow. And uh, remote desktop clients now include game consoles owned by the user. Does that Software? mean you
2: can't use the Walmart app to buy bullets?
0: Presumably not. Uh, it, it doesn't say you can't buy arms, so presumably you could still buy like a hunting rifle which they definitely sell at, uh, at at your local Walmart for the most part.
2: Yeah. Not in Canada though, by the way. Oh really? Yeah. No Uh. No arms sold in Walmart, Canada. As far as I know, last time I looked, (laughs) I was surprised last time was in a Walmart in the States and there was um, hardware there. Let's put it that way. Uh, The last
0: two that are not listed as guideline numbers. It's a little weird. Is that um, demo videos of app functionality that is geo locked or otherwise restricted, not accepted. Developers must provide a fully functional app for review. That kind of makes sense. Well, that's that, that whole Cupertino thing, right? If you make it, you know, check for Cupertino or whatever. Yeah, the <laughs> the get around the app store code, it seems like it's being um, talked about here. The demo videos about functionality is geolocked will get interesting considering that a lot of companies will sort of understandably start like, oh, you know, we're, we're starting in San Francisco and then, you know, coming soon to your town sort of thing. And I think they'll have to tread a little bit more carefully with that sort of thing. I was going
2: to say sign in with Apple. I was going to mention that earlier when we were talking about WWC, but we, we can talk about it now.
0: Yes. So this is the other uh, big thing that Apple... Uh, dropped on the whole world for, for, for privacy's sake. Sign in with Apple will be available for beta testing this summer. It will be required as an option for users in apps that support third-party sign-in when it is mm-hmm. commercially available later this year. So if your app has some sort of third-party login, probably Facebook, probably Google, occasionally Twitter, and occasionally Interest. Like, guess what? Now you are required to have sign-in with Apple as an option to your users. Mm-hmm. And not required, but it is highly suggested
1: that you put it number one in that list. Yeah. yeah. So, probably- so what are the ones that you mentioned, Harvey, uh, the 5.1.1 parentheses eight apps that compile information from any source that is not directly from the user or without the user's explicit consent, even public databases are not permitted on the app store. Am I reading this correctly? That's saying you can't even make a weather app or a stock app or a sports really? app that, that pulls data from an external database unless the user explicitly is consenting. That's kind of weird. Let me yeah. see, what
0: which number is that? 5, Five? $1. Point one point. Eight. I don't know what section. You're right. Reading it independent and like that, it sounds bonkers.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh so five one one fourth Fourth one from the
1: bottom in the bullet points. Seven.
0: Yeah, and then I'm looking at the under legal. So you can't watch a
2: sports game inside an app. Like you can't watch a basketball game inside the app. Well, that's
1: that's not compiling information. That's okay. streaming. Okay. But but say I want to pull all the scores, you know, or or yeah. pull pull my favorite baseball player is batting average for the past 10 years, that's compiling information from a source that's not directly from the user. That seems kind yeah,
0: of restrictive. I, I, so I'm going to assume this is a very poorly written guideline because the like lawyer reading of it, I think you're, you're totally correct. Like That is a perfectly valid interpretation. Hmm. I think the intent of what they wanted here is somehow related to things like um, uh, scraping information, like the user's phone number or contact list and stuff like that. And then it's like, look, even if if that's, you know, alternatively available, like in public databases, it is not cool for you to g- compile that information or, or confirm it otherwise. I'm going to hope, c- considering that this is under section uh, 5.1, which is privacy, and 5.1.1, which is data collection and storage. Mm. I'm going to assume that's what they mean, and they really, <laughs> to your point, <laughs> didn't mean, oh, guess what? <laughs> this weather API provided by, you know, uh, dark sky is now means that you can't have this, because that was not, you know, <laughs> what yeah. temperature it is right now in Idaho is not your your thing that you're offering. Well, it, could,
2: it could even Things like virus databases or, or lists of, of spam or phone numbers, right? Because you're pulling if you're pulling those in and storing them in the app, so you can compare a phone number. Is that not the case? Yeah, similar kind of. Yeah, it
1: sounds very strange. Hmm.
2: But I mean, so maybe there's going to be like the camera statement or the location statement. Maybe maybe we're going to be required to have you know uh, what do you call those permission disclosures, right? Uh, in our apps, if we if we do this, right? But how would Apple know?
0: It's very unclear, and I think we won't know for certain until some until
1: so somebody. Gets rejected,
0: uh, yeah. And somebody and there's a big uh, brouhaha over over this. So keep your eyes out for that. Hopefully, All right, it's not James mute.
2: Thompson. You've been challenged. You got to figure out how to make this this fail. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw it. We we'll give it to James Thompson to figure out for us. All right, friend of the show, James Thompson. That is moving on. Yes, no moving on.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.
2: So I posted this last week. We didn't get around to talking about it because we were too busy being having our minds blown. But uh, friend of the sh- well, friend of mine, I guess is uh, one of the gentlemen over at RayWonderlick.com, Shy Masali. Uh, uh, he has uh, he's a, uh, uh, an Rx Swift user, and uh, in his company they use they use it quite a bit. So he was comparing um, uh, Apple's Combine with uh, with Rx Swift. So he's created a cheat sheet here, uh, and he says it's a living document, so it'll, it'll grow. Um, just comparing some of the things about uh, um, Rx Swift versus Combine. Um, you know, Rx Swift came out with in iOS eight. You know, Combine is thirteen. iOS thirteen uh, supports you know iOS macOS tvOS, watchOS, and Linux. And as well, uh, in the case of Combine, it supports UIKit for Mac, which is new, part of Catalyst, right? Um, and it just goes through the different sort of things that, that uh, different things like, you know, we have observables in RxSwift, where in Com- Combine you have a publisher. Uh, I think I mentioned a bit of this before. We have observers in, uh, in RxSwift. You have a subscriber in uh, uh, Combine. And there was one other thing I was trying to remember last week. I should look it up again. Because um, there was a middle state between the two something to, I think something to do with state, um, but yeah, just sort of comparing some of the the core components, operators, and that kind of stuff uh, to see how they they differ or are similar to um, Rx Swift or React
0: like reactive programming, I guess. So I don't know if
2: have you looked at any reactive stuff, Jaime, at all?
0: Only a little bit. I do actually have the Ray renderlick book. Oh yeah, me too. But I haven't gone that far in depth of it. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a little bit of this, um, or at least similarities in shops where Android is using. Rx Java, mm-hmm. so it seems very similar, and I really appreciate the um, the table here of how some of these things would translate. It looks like for shops that are already using Rx Swift, a lot of this will be very mm-hmm. very similar. I'm kind of curious where things sort of fall apart. Where if you've gotten used to some fancy thing in Rx Swift, um, I'm going to guess that Combine doesn't have all the bells and whistles, given that it's a v1 release.
2: Right, right. i looking at my notes again this week. Uh, easier to look at on my computer. And
0: And it's it's funny. Just today, I ended up watching a video uh, with Shai where he was giving a conference talk on the myths about myths and truths about R. X. Swift or similar. Mm -hmm. I forget what the name of the Mm -hmm. the session was, but you know that it's hard. And then it's like, yeah, he's like, you know, there's there's kind of a bit of a a mental shift you have to make or going on the reactive side and dealing with events coming through. But there's some real real interesting power that you can you can have.
2: Yeah. So uh, what I was saying, I read my notes here. So you have your publisher, which will send values, and you have a subscriber which can request values from the publisher as well. So, the, And as I mentioned last week, used for callbacks, closures, notifications and key value observing. And the thing I was trying to remember in between is you can also have a thing that they call a subject. That's why I've got my notes here. And it's sort of a hybrid between uh, subscriber and publisher. It can sit in front of the subscribers but it can also receive data from a publisher if, if you like as well. And send that over to the, the scri- subscribers. More than uh, multiple subscribers in this case. So let's see. A let did change can equal to a pass-through subject um, and uh, has four different st- three different states never uh, like the other state is yeah but anyway that's that's sort of the subject this is the thing I was trying to remember that sits between can sit between a publisher and a subscriber yeah we're gonna have to get our heads wrapped around combine. all right should we move on to our picks we're done sure. here all right so Jaime you and I both picked the same thing again <laughs> only mine looks different than yours I think yeah yours and mine are the same so go ahead Spoil my party.
0: Yeah, there's uh, some nice tutorials out there and some nice documentation. The first one is the tutorials site, so developer.apple.com slash tutorials slash SwiftUI mm-hmm. has uh, sort of a nice, really cool, you know, why should you even care if you're not convinced so far sort of a little site. But then also critically has the tutorials, which cover the essentials, drawing and animation, app design and layout, and framework integration. So working with UI kit, for example. And I've only stepped a little bit through these. I really need to sit. Down and deal with it. But it's really pretty neat and it's kind of cool how it shows you step by step what you should be seeing and what should be happening. Word to the wise, if you haven't gone um, and created a volume for Catalina or I guess even gone all in on on the beta for your main machine, if you're running anything lower than Catalina, you can do Swift UI, but you will not get the live preview that they showed on stage. So that's something that people were getting tripped up on. Yeah. So you got to, you got to, you know, build and rerun like an animal like we used to back two (laughs) weeks. Weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, who
2: could do that? Yeah. No, yeah, I've been playing with it uh, quite a bit. Um, did a quick demo for the folks at work uh, yesterday as well. So yeah, I'm I'm really liking it,
0: and it's also pretty early days. I've not encountered this in the uh, in the tutorials yet, but some people said like, oh, um, looks like some stuff will come in future seeds of the betas, like uh, UI split view controller for iPad and Catalyst or something. I forget what. I'll see if I can find the tweet. And the other thing would be that um, I think the Form element is also one that will come in a future seed. Right, I believe right. that one is known. So, uh, just like real, real early days of Swift, don't be surprised if things are uh, totally broken one week, and then a week later we get a new seed and then it totally works.
2: We have ABI stability now, don't we? I'm kidding. Um, I discovered one thing too, is, and that's when I was working through it that uh, if you make a mistake, like I made a typo in one of my one of my lines of code, I, I typed in a variable name incorrectly, and um, yeah, it started showing errors all through the app, and it, it was it showed every Everywhere but where the actual error was, and I ended up having to go and do a diff uh, between what I changed and what, what was there before to see where I'd made a mistake. It was something like I'd forgot the "i" in the word "image," for example. Um, and yeah, it was just it was very confusing to try and figure out what where you had gone wrong. So if you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of patience, sort of figuring out the landscape here in terms of um, kind of mistakes you can make and, and how they get displayed. So, but I did find that the um, there's, when you're in the preview mode, there's a little diagnostics um, thing. Like if if your view doesn't. Render, you can there's a diagnostic you can tap there and it'll tell you pretty much what what you're doing what's what's missing from from the uh, why it's unable to render the the, the preview right so um, like if you make a mistake in your code obviously you can't render can't you know can't you know uh, build I guess right and you can you can force a build too like if you if you go in and as you're typing you know you get the sort of red marks in there and you know how sometimes the compiler takes a while especially on the slower machine like a MacBook Air uh, it takes a while to sort of you know re-rebuild you can actually do a command B and, and get it to, to do a build to, to catch up to where you are in your code, right? Like if you're ahead of the compiler. So, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's really interesting to sort of see, you know, the minimal amount of code you can put
0: in to get some pretty cool effects, right? Yeah. Did it make you nostalgic for the first seeds of Swift? And uh, how broken the tooling was?
2: Well, it's not, it's not that bad. I mean, I, I know I did tweet about it this afternoon, but it, 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 was a, it was a little confusing at first. Like I'm looking at this thing going, okay, what did I do wrong? And, and it's not really clear that, you know, this line here, is the one where you made the mistake. Like in, in current versions of uh, Swift 4 and 5, it's much clearer about where the mistake was. But I, I don't know if you remember back in, I think around Swift 2, if you made a mistake, you know, it might show you the error five or six lines or even a half a page away from where the actual error had occurred. Because, you know, somewhere else is trying to read in the, the broken data, right? And that's why it shows the error where it does, right? So um, it, it can be a little little confusing if you're if you're running to that. So I've been what I've been doing is, as I've been going through is, is every time I do something successful commit, right? And then if I go into the next step of a tutorial or whatever and I make a mistake, I can always go back and see okay what actual lines did I change. And what's cool about it is now is in Xcode eleven now can see the changes you've made. They've got that blue bar that appears on between the project navigator and the uh, standard editor. Now you get a blue bar down the left hand side. You can click on that and it'll it'll show you like a diff between what you've what you've just done and what was there before. So I haven't really got into using the mini map yet. That I don't know if you have at all, Jaime, but uh, that you can scroll over that and and jump right to um, different sections depending on how you break out your code. Whether you use the you know the mark um, statements and stuff like that.
0: I haven't tried that out. I loaded the betas um, and I haven't like gone through and seen all the really cool little things you can do, like the mini map. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, like I said, I took my sacrificial Mac with me down to the show. So uh, yeah, when I first installed Xcode eleven, I stumbled across that. Why am I not getting a preview thing for you know a few hours? And then and dawned on me that uh, you need to put. Uh... Actually, it was the the diagnostic thing that said you can't you can't preview this unless you're running on Catalina, so that's where I discovered the benefit of having the diagnostic tool there, and as well, the fact that I need to update my OS. Yeah, I'm, I'm really liking it. I mean, like, it's it's so cool, so magical. Like, it's almost witchcraft, right, in terms of how, how cool it is. How, how, you know, getting instant results. It, it makes me reminiscent of when I was first learning uh, PHP, you know, because you could basically do stuff, refresh your browser, and then, you know, get a either an update of successful <laughs> deployment or a completely blank screen, you know, and you'd be scratching your head going, where did I go wrong? usually misplaced comma or something like that or semicolon. All right, so what's your next
0: pick? Next one is not a tutorials and I apologize if there is one out there but it is the framework documentation for a combine. So if you want to start there, take a look at the overview and everything, that's sort of your place to go. Learn about the difference between publisher, subscriber, subjects, schedulers, that sort of thing. I imagine there's a lot of detail that is covered in like two or three sessions I think I saw with the word combine somewhere in them. So I definitely need to watch those as well. Yeah, yeah. This is here for reference if you're trying Trying to follow along.
2: Yeah, I went to the Combine in Practice, I think it's called, which is a pretty illuminating session. But yeah, you know, lots of interesting stuff. Cool.
0: I have one more. The last one is more of a fun one, and that is the official Mac Pro webpage, which is pretty nifty if you're looking at it on a desktop. But I suggest you check it out on your iPhone or iPad that is compatible. And you have a option just under the Watch the Film that says, See Mac Pro in AR. So you can see how that thing might look on your desk or in your driveway. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's actually pretty cool how the AR stuff is uh, it handles light and color differences. So it won't be just, oh, perfectly silver. It'll be, oh, you know, I've got kind of an orange hue to my lights right now. So the nice. orange hue will show up in the silver. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I have to admit to being fooled. Uh, a couple of people at a different site in our office posted to Slack pictures of themselves with AR versions of Mac Pros on their desktops and saying things like, hey, look what I just got. And it, it looked so realistic. Yeah, it was at first, I was like, "Well, how did they get these so fast?" <laughs>
0: wow, yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's done very well. Well,
2: that's a lot that, that uh, we were talking about. I think in the um, the rendering with the I think uh, uh, um, last week uh, discussion with Alexis, he was talking about how they're they're actually dumbing down the quality of the, the rendering to make it look more realistic and have artifacts and stuff like that in it,
0: right? Yeah, make it make it blend in with some noise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to try and put one on my desktop here. That would be cool. All
2: right. Um, so my pick. Uh, I was standing in. Keylo- keynote line um, talking to developers, you know, finding out where they're from, and you met some people from LinkedIn, met some people who were formerly from LinkedIn, but one guy was sharing his, his contact data, and uh, so he held a, a, a barcode for, for the guy next to him to scan, and then he was showing us that his app called Visual Codes by Benjamin Mayo, um, and I forgot the name of the guy who showed it to me, but um, apologies to you, uh, They, they uh, it basically allows you to, it's an app that lets you go in and put in like a URL or put in your contact information or whatever and it generates a barcode for you or sorry QR code so that you can you can then share that so I actually tweeted one out with with our show uh, our show link to the um, I believe to the website or it might have been to to iTunes um, I just you just scan the QR code with your with your camera and when it goes and I've already done that I've used it a couple of times this week um, it is a it is there is a um, an in app purchase to basically uh, unlock it and allow you to print the uh, QR codes if you need put them on a business card or whatever. But uh, yeah, they're just this quick, quick way of, of sharing information. You know, um, somebody asked me for my email address and phone number yesterday. I just said, here, scan this. And presto, changeo, they had my information. It was like uh, pretty cool. So that's called Visual Codes uh, from Benjamin Mayo. And I found that in the keynote line, waiting for waiting to get in there and see all the fabulous and hear all the fabulous news. Uh, and of course, my other pick was the same tutorials that I
0: just mentioned. So I guess I don't have another pick. The pick's so nice, we did it twice. so nice. you did it twice. This this visual code one seems pretty interesting to me because I could see how it would be pretty useful to have like your Twitter handle stuff and rather than trying to find it, I'm sure it's somewhere in in Twitter's UI. Just like, look here, this is who I am. And since the camera app natively as of what, like 11, maybe if not 11, then iOS 12 natively looks for and detects QR codes, it's super easy, barely an inconvenience to get started with that. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do have, I do have one more pick. I just realized unless Mark has. pick.
1: I do have a quick pick. Uh, just uh, if you've been, if you were watching the WCC videos live and, and maybe haven't uh, gone back some or were actually at the show and haven't gone back to the developer.apple.com page for WWC, uh it's definitely worth taking an, another look back there because I just saw today there's a whole bunch of videos that are on there now that weren't actually presented at the
0: show. Yeah, true. Uh,
1: and they always do this every year, but it seems like this year there's a lot more than I remember there being in the past. In particular, I was noticing at the time of the show that there was pretty much nothing about audio in the whole show. Hmm. Uh, But now there's at least three or four different talks. There's even one on on, um, AV Audio Engine there, one of my favorite
2: frameworks. So do you guys have the, um, you guys have the iPhone or the um, WWC app on your devices? I do. Uh, so if you go to the news section, either on your iPad or your, um, my phone. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, if you look at the wrap up uh, section, right, you've got the photos there. Yeah. So the second person there wearing a um, thumbs up. Oh, that's Sue. Um, that's Sue, my, my colleague from the bank and that's my arm there with my tragically hip t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So Sue's in the app. She was. This is second, she's in the app twice because she was on the very first day, getting excited for the keynote. She's the third pitcher in.
0: Oh yeah, I see it now. The layout was doing terrible things. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm looking at it on my iPad. So oh
2: yeah, yeah That's Sue again. Yeah, she was, We were lining up for the keynote, and somebody pulled her aside and said, "Hey, can I take a picture?" Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. Um, so my my last one's sort of a humble brag. Uh, my talk got selected for Swift Swift Toronto, um, or Swift T O uh, on August thirteenth. Uh, I believe is the date. Um, leveling up your iOS development game. That Excellent. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'll be speaking in Toronto. So, yeah, I I think the call for proposals is still open if people are interested. But, yeah, we're going to have a swift conference here in Toronto in the Great White North. Come and have some poutine and try some Tim Hortons. Don't try Tim Hortons. It's horrible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, come and check out Toronto in the summertime. All right, I guess that's it for the week. Yeah. So, hey, Hum, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter, is at Div with a hair. And Mark, if people want to try and
1: find you? Mark R. at Smapsoft.com. That's with two Ps, by the way. Someone that I talked to thought it was S-M-A-P-S-O-F-T and couldn't get in touch with me. So, ah, there's two Ps in there. Two Ps, all
2: right. And as I usually say, my name is Timitra, T I M M I T R A on the Twitter machine. Is how to get a hold of me. And until next week, we'll say bye-bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjcpodcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out details on how to help us out on the website, mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now stick around for the after show. and Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: How did that uh, how did that work did you just show up and they give you the finalized audio or what
2: yeah so um they had uh, well i they had four uh sure smb7 mics like the one that i use they're like 500 mics right and then mm-hmm. uh and nice headphones and a and a like you had your own each one had their own dial so we could set the volume on our headphones so you can you're each monitoring yourself and the conversation and then it was basically four people facing each other like sort of card like card table style style and uh then they had a technician use Logic Pro and they recorded right into Logic Pro so they basically handed me a Logic Pro file on, on a couple of USBs They, of course they provided the USBs it's funny that as, as soon as I handed my USB and they kind of looked at me like I had three heads um, that made perfect sense like why would you put a stranger's USB into their equipment right? Mm. Um, so yeah so they handed me two USBs and or I, I could have gotten four if I wanted you know and, uh, and then the way we went so I basically came home and you know just uh, went through each of the tracks and edit. so it, it was mixed down with four individual tracks and then one master one, where it was just like, you, I could have just taken the, the audio and just thrown it up, published it as it were, right? But I just went through my regular editing process and, you know, just, uh, which I normally do anyway, right? I normally work with the separate tracks and mix them down to one and then pub- and then uh, do the final edit with that one, right? I uh, had the music and, the, you know, the, the stinger at the end and stuff like that, right? It was really, really sweet. The only thing about it was, my only complaint about it is like, you know, when they said podcast studio, I was expecting a soundproof studio, like, like a radio studio, right? They, where you would, you know, do radio shows and stuff, right? But it was just at the end of the conference hall, and they just had a single partition between us and, and the rest. So while you couldn't pick up, like, people playing, you know, that strike game, strike bowl game that they were playing, mm-hmm. you know, people were yelling and screaming, stuff like that. You couldn't hear that because we were that far away, but you could hear, like, people opening and closing the door to the hotel because it was right right beside the Marriott entrance. So if you listen to it, you know there's a lot of bangs and stuff in the background. That was because that was of the uh, opening and closing of the door. So, yeah, but uh, it was cool.
1: Yeah, it was different last year. They actually had uh, partitioned rooms last year. Oh, really? Kind of on the other mm. side. Uh, down. So if you remember, Tim, when, we, when you walked down the, the main hallway and took a left to get to where this was. Right, yeah. If you took a right last year, uh, down where they had some of the... Some the, of the executive part, ballroom the, and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, it was down in there.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would have made so more sense. And it was funny because maybe they didn't get enough people going in and, and booking it, and they decided that was just too much, But mm, uh, because it, it was really annoying for me, because I went on Monday, and I... I i spoke to some, they didn't have any answers for me. I went back on Tuesday and, uh, the girl, you know, receiving people didn't know the details. And then, uh, the next, so I waited for the person to come out and they sort of said, yeah, we're fully booked until Thursday. Right. So come back Thursday morning. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird because they had media had already booked up all the time. I'm like, well, so where was the, the sign up list? Right. Um, anyway, so I went back on Thursday morning, first thing and picked time. I wanted to go see a friend of mine talk at 10. And so, uh, um, so I picked 11 o'clock and, and then, then I started going, okay, now who's going to be on the show with me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I had spoken to Alexis at, at uh, the Ray Wunderlich dinner the night before, a couple of nights before, and said, hey, would you be interested in giving me at least five minutes? You know how I did the second episode where I interviewed people? Mm-hmm. I just pulled them aside and said, hey, can I interview you for, for a few minutes? And I had that little microphone, that Rode mic that I brought, and I plugged it into my iPhone and just recorded people on the spot, right? But uh, So that's what I was planning to do with Alexis. But then when I said, hey, are you free at 11? On uh, Thursday, he said, Sh-, he said, "Yes," and and I had interviewed Ricky previously for the for the sec- for the what ended up being the second episode. Mm. And he's a huge fan. He's he actually owns uh, one of the, the MTGC lousy T-shirts, and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was uh, he was very pretty well you know covered uh, what he'd seen. He had like taken notes, and and I sort of said, "Hey, you know, if, if you want to come by," and you know, at that point, I had nobody as a co-host, right? And I said, "If you want to come by, at least you know maybe you and I can have a chat on there, or whatever." And so it ended up being with the four of us, which is the same format we normally. Do so. It was Mark. Mark had come mm-hmm. um, on a teammate's ticket, and uh, then yeah. So Alexis was there, and, and Ricky, and that, that created the core the for, the quorum for the uh, special live from the podcast studio WWC episode. We could have, we could have actually dialed you in times, ta- uh, Jaime because they did have a uh, had the facility to to have somebody on a Facetime call as well. You can plug your uh, like there was a fifth track where you could plug in an iOS iOS device, right?
0: Neat. Too too bad the timing didn't didn't work out for me. I had one of those one of those meetings you you hope gets yeah. canceled, and it. Of course it doesn't when I when I needed to. But yeah, uh, the, who, who took the picture of you guys? So for those of you who haven't seen, go to uh, mtjc.fireside.fm and you'll see the live from the WWDC 2019 podcast studio. Uh, what do we call yeah. this? Uh, cover art, album art, uh, album looks? cover art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So so I um there's two. There was a couple of shots actually. So um, I asked the girl to uh, the girl that was working this, the um the uh, sorry I say the lady working the the console to take our picture while we were just talking about we. Were Explaining to Alexis and and Ricky how how the show rolls and what we do stuff like that and um so well and you know Alexis and I were gesturing like madly with our hands to try and get some sort of poseable shot right <laughs> and then uh, she took a couple of shots and then during the recording there was another engineer that showed up so I, I asked him to I gestured to him with my hands to take a picture so I handed him my phone and he he took a couple more pictures but it turned out that the lady who took the first bunch of shots had that the shot that I ended up using which you could sort of see you know Mark and myself uh, in a in a Sort of better light, right? So I did have to go in and tweak it with the photo app to make it, you know, brighter
0: and stuff like that. But yeah, that's who took it. It's a nice photo, uh, and you yeah. guys have the the Beats headphones. I notice. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Apple brand.
2: Yeah, and, and the, like you can see the four SMB uh, SMB seven uh, microphones too. So which I'm speaking to you on right now. Yeah, pretty. I mean, it's good, pretty good setup from that point of view. I mean, you know, like uh, they spare no expense. You know, they had good, good. They had, a, I think it was an iMac Pro that they were working with uh, for the recording or for the, the the Logic Pro, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. really, really, you know, really good. I mean, and you know what? I I, said, I asked the girl. I said, like, you know, what about all the ambient noise and stuff? I said, well, will you pick that stuff up? And she said, well, they kind of wanted people kind of wanted that live on the air feel, right? So mm-hmm. there, was, there was a lot of leaking from the mic, so I had to go in and, and I had to go and carefully separate each each person's voice and mute the other guys when they weren't talking and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it turned, I think it turned out pretty good. I left. I had to leave some of the noise in, you know, because it if uh, they banged when you guys were talking, kind of thing, right? There were no planes flying overhead or I screen machines don't I mean. you know, unlike me <laughs> or, or air
0: conditioners in the background <laughs> or dogs barking <laughs> or dogs barking yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it was i, I listened to actually to both of, of those episodes um that was a good yeah. episode i actually think it rolled pretty pretty smoothly i'm completely unfamiliar if mm-hmm. either alexis or ricky are on other podcasts because they certainly seem they're to, not they're not oh they're, they're definitely naturals then because so that's pretty yeah, I mean, well
2: ricky ricky's comes he's that was his audition he's basically he's we're going to talk to him about his his set up at home but yeah he's he's definitely uh definitely going to be a fill in guest i think when you guys are unavailable
0: or me
1: yeah they they were both great actually they both did really well yeah yeah
0: you yeah, for long time listeners of the show go back to episode uh i don't know if we started with 1 or 0 go back to like episode 1 or 0 or heaven help us if we ever published God. the um the mic test the compendium? that we did yeah. early on to see how things work it's 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 a very different show
2: yeah i don't think uh, I, I don't think i kept the mic the mic tests i think i i think i pitched them recently but yeah yeah no I, the first the first show is pretty, pretty Pretty rough, but you know it's amazing how many people listen to it. It's got, I think it's got like several thousand listens already, right? On that first episode, surprisingly, people are people are completionists. I never would have thought that people would go back to episode one and start from the from the beginning. And you know, that's like five years ago now. As of like uh, next month, right? We got like four more episodes to go till our anniversary, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Action Comics number one is worth a lot of money. So. <laughs> yeah, I suppose
2: MTJC number one, and it wasn't even called MTJC back then. It was it was still called the it was Untitled Podcast, if I remember correctly. Sorry. It was the um untitled um podcast um <laughs> and then uh and actually the the name of the folder here let me let me look at the folder on my mac cuz it's still I never changed the name of the folder it's still the AJTM podcast on my mm. on my mac here
0: yeah prior prior to it to settling on a name and a format and just hang on to that hard drive tim don't yeah. you know they might they might put it up don't in, a, in it. a glass case in a museum at some point sure sure
2: well it's actually this 13 inch mac pro has been the the or sorry 13 inch MacBook Air has been the has been the main console for this this show all this time. I occasionally, like I took the, my Carol's 11 uh, inch MacBook Air to to the conference. I usually take that into the states when I go. That's substituted when I'm when I'm away from home. But uh, yeah, for like 250 episodes, have been at least mixed in on the MacBook Air. So yeah, it's gonna have to go in the Smithsonian one day, right? <laughs> or the Computer yeah. History Museum in in uh, is it Mountain View? Where's where's uh, Google?
1: Uh, it's in Mountain View. Yeah, Mountain View. So, I still think right, we need another host whose first name starts with the C. C, why? Because then we have MTG's. Mark, oh. Tim, Jaime, and C. C. Well. Yeah, that's a, that's
0: huh. a that's a thing I get asked a lot because people were like, "Oh, Mark, Tim, and Jaime, but who's the C? am like, "Well, it's actually <laughs> more than just code if you look at the uh, the other okay. initials, but it, it would be it would be better if we did have a, a C. Or it's just, it could
1: be generic. It's Mark, Tim, Jaime, and co-hosts,
2: or some host. It should be some host, right? Get it? No, some host. Just, yeah, just 5.1. Some, some, some host. someone
1: who complies to the host Post
2: protocol. It's combine. Combine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, let's let's
2: settle this argument. I think it's combine, right? And I've been I'm saying sure combine, but I've heard other people I'm say tr- combine. So I, I don't yeah, know. Combine is a harvester, like, you know, forest, uh, uh, farm
0: equipment. Yeah.
2: Don't you guys have combines in the States? Yeah.
0: Yeah. We do. But when you say combine, I think of like the NFL combine, where all of the you know people coming out of college who want to go into the draft, they go and they do physical tests, right? How fast can you run? How much weight can you? bench press, that sort of thing. But well, I,
2: why is that not combine?
0: So I don't know why they pronounce it as combined other than perhaps the farm implement that you, you know, it's, you know, it's yeah. kind of farm, you know, farm system. It's a very common term in, in sports. But to be honest, I, I don't know. Like I haven't gotten around to watching the specific sessions, but I really don't remember how pretty Apple sure it was combined it was in those sessions. Like I, I, I personally think. prefer combine, like, Oh, it combines, you know, combines your data and not combine like harvesting.
1: Yeah. I think I, yeah. I, I would have noticed if they were calling it combine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people are calling her combine. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, so there's there's a big there's arguments and debates on uh on Twitter. There's there actually was a poll where somebody had put, you know, capital C O M bind or capital or lowercase C O M, you know, B I N E uppercase, right? I don't know. tabs versus spaces all over again. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Java Java. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, sorry, my my Macs are all misbehaving. i have in the process of reformatting, I finally got 13, uh, iOS 13. Sorry, iPad OS running on my is iPad OS one or iPad iPad OS 13 on my uh, my iOS my iPad today.
1: So did I just miss it, or were there no no actual sessions on iPad OS at WBC? Uh, well, what, what's
2: what possible? Oh, you mean sort of? Guess it would be just like a how-to kind of thing, right?
1: So, yeah, or more details on really what it is.
2: What, well, it's funny. I've I've been having I've been having. Some conversations with people about um well actually let's talk about this on the show but i am having some conversations with people about well, other sessions that, <laughs> that we should have paid attention to what?
0: sorry i lost my because, you know with the magic of editing this can be part of the show and not the pre-show yeah that's right. true that's true i keep forgetting that part, sorry yeah. about
1: that <laughs> yeah did you ever find your jacket no
0: no yeah true story I
2: lost my jacket on the way out of WWC I had had it with me and I stopped at the art gallery and I checked my bag and then I came back out I think I still had it with me when I was coming out of there I met a gentleman who was looking for a t-shirt for his son and I happened to have bought a second or an extra WWC t-shirt and uh, so I opened up my suit I went into the Fairmont hotel opened up my suitcase you know fished around found this the extra one that I had because I everything packed in different places right and uh, yeah yeah, and then when I packed up my stuff and left, I, I realized it in my jacket, and I never thought to go back into the Fairmount and look. But duh, <laughs> I went back to did, the gallery. Did you think the guy and,
1: uh, was uh, part of a scam? Or he? Was
2: I don't know. Shopping. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. could be. I did tell him the stuff was worth something, right? So who knows? Mm. Mind you, I haven't seen a, a, a two extra large show up with an orange liner show up on eBay yet. So mm. wouldn't you think that would be where it would go?
1: Maybe.
0: Got to got to lay low a while. Let, let the heat go down. Yeah. The heat. Yeah.
2: So if anybody uh, found a uh wwc jacket with a uh, red liner uh, let me know sorry orange liner i'm just looking at a red one on ebay
1: <laughs> i see one yeah i see i see one male size medium black with orange wwdc 2019 jacket 2 XO red red with black with xcode sticker
2: oh i got a swift ui sticker from i got a whole bag of, of pins and stickers from uh, from the show yeah
0: there's what were from, the color options? Because I had said red. There were, and you were confused there wasn't the there was options. Ones. You kind of got what they gave you, right? Well, then what were the variants then?
2: So there was a red one, which was super popular. It was a black one. It was a blue one, orange one. I think there was somebody said there was a pinkish one, but I don't think there. I think it's the red one. And if you look at like, if you look at it closely, it's like all the little icons that were in the mind the mind that's being blown up, all mm-hmm. sort of thrown together. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the, there's one um, with a red liner, and they've got one with it turned inside out, and you can see all the little characters in there. They're interesting. They were, I mean, they were not They were bomber style, like, uh, uh, but yeah, they weren't super warm, but they were They were good for the bash, because the bash was pretty, pretty cold and windy. The bash was cool. It was Weezer, right?
0: Can't tell anybody that this stuff is worth something, Tim. Oh, by the way, <laughs> this is going to be a collector's item.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, he's looking for a shirt for his kid, and, you know, I probably should have hung on to the shirt, too, but what are you going to do? Trying to help a guy out. That's what I get for being a nice guy, right? Nice guy's finished last. I'll be, I'll be holding
0: the door when you guys are all getting to the next place in life. <laughs> <laughs> you want to uh, drive? I have my limousine when I'm on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah. Wild. you guys see the uh, James Dempsey post? About the yeah, maker thing? As God is my witness, I'll never type translates auto-resizing mask into constraints <laughs> again. Yeah. yeah. I just see that. I'll throw that in the notes. Pretty funny.
2: I still have all my pins. I guess those will be worth something someday, right?
0: Just don't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put them in a safe deposit box. Yeah.
1: Just don't hand them to the guy in the, in the hotel and say, here, hold on to these for a minute while I rummage around in my luggage and not, don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's totally what happens. Yeah, People are jerks. Yeah, they are, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. I mean, it could, like I said, I could have just could have just fallen behind the chair and, and somebody found it. I, I did call the hotel and asked if they had lost and found, mm. but uh, nothing, 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 nothing. Anyway, I, got, I already bought myself a, a jean jacket, though, not the crushed.
1: Jean jacket?
2: A WWC jean jacket? No, no, no. I bought one. It's similar to the one they were giving away last, last year. Yeah. So not black, a regular blue one. Mm. Yeah, but I got the pirate pin. I got, you know... We got the women in coding pins. Those are cool. How'd you get that one? I went to the women in Bre- Women at WWC Breakfast. Oh,
1: were you allowed to? I guess you were allowed. Yeah,
2: to. I'm a mentor. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. I'm an ally, is what you call, call mm-hmm. yourself and mm-hmm. your support, women in code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, how could they say they're inclusive and then not let men come? Yeah, true. Right. So, yeah.
0: It's a tricky thing. And I really had to think about it last year when I went to um, We Rise Tech, which is largely for, you know, uh, women and, and progressing and thing. And I definitely fell under the ally mm-hmm. side, what I was kind of thinking. Like, well, kind of don't want to take away an opportunity from somebody. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and So it's a very careful balance, I think. Well,
2: that's what happened with, with so I had a ticket for the ladies. Like, the WWC one was open to anybody who wanted to come, right? But the, there was a ladies' uh, dinner just before the bash, and uh, I got it. They sent out an email saying that there was, like, a waiting list of 100 people, and if you didn't want to go. So I surrendered my ticket, like, basically just sort of, yeah, I put my ticket back into the pool so somebody else could go, right? In that case, so I was able to give back to the community. Community, if
0: you will. <laughs> That's what an ally does, right, honey? Hopefully. <laughs> this uh this Swift TO conference, this is the inaugural edition, right? Yep. Sure is. What uh what part of Toronto? Is that like two minute walk away from your place sort of thing that you'll be very convenient, or is it like on the opposite side of town no, no it's, oh, it's i gotta go uh, early I,
2: well you know what i don't know you know it's right downtown yeah it's right downtown there you can see all the pins my pin my pin collection just don't come into my house and steal them
0: who <laughs> the you oh do they give you the flag based on the country you're from yeah yeah
2: oh cool so the ar one i got for for playing the game right and i had um i had three of the women in code ones but uh i traded see the the pin collection with the tim cook one mm-hmm. i traded uh, women in coding for for that plus this the swift ui sticker and there's a james dempsey to breakpoint point there there's a couple there's an owl
0: slopes i see oh yeah yeah poor poor App Camp for Girls. There, yeah, yeah. They, I met, they, I met uh, so much, Parrots. He
2: gave me a gave me a Slopes one. I gave him an MTJC, and in return, I also have an Xcode one at the very top there. You can't really see it that
0: well. Yeah, I see the, I see the hammer.
2: Yeah, and then I met is uh, 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 it NS Break? Um, so Brent Simmons was in the band, and and the guy who does this NS Brief maybe what's the purple one beside the.
0: Got his name now. Hmm. Bill oh, maybe Sherman? it's in a screencast.
2: Bill Sherman, yeah, screencast. Bill Sherman is that his name? Somebody like that.
0: I'm looking at
2: a uh, screencast. So how well, do you woman.
1: end up with two of the the baseline packet? You know, the packet of.
2: That's well, so what I said. I traded I traded a women encoding for the one with Tim Cook on it. Oh, oh. Because okay. the one I got okay. was the one with the fire and the and the alien, right? I see. Okay. A lot of people wanted
0: the skull with the the mind exploding. Hmm. That's why I asked for the T-shirt. Oh, did you? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Newsfeed is telling me that the Blues won. Is that right?
1: Yeah. They did? Yeah, they won just as the podcast was starting. I, oh, that sucks. A little too sad to say anything about
0: it. Spoilers for your, your DVR, I guess. I apologize. but Well, by the time mm. anybody hears this, it'll be old news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that was game. Sorry, I'm not into hockey until 2021. So bear with me. This is game seven?
1: This is the final game of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Oh, wow, wow. That sucks.
0: Sam, how, how are people feeling for Toronto?
2: Well, i tell you how I'm feeling for Toronto. Um, so I don't. know Did you hear that there was a call that didn't get made? Apparently, the NBA has admitted that there was something. There should have been a two-point throw for the. I've forgotten the big guy's name. Um, he got. He got. Uh, he got assaulted on the court. So he got fouled. Um, but yeah, he was supposed to. With the forty seconds left, he was supposed to have uh, two free throws. But uh, they missed a call. I I, do they review calls in basketball now?
0: Do you know? Mm, they will review stuff, but I don't know. Once the final call is made, that they like review that. Yeah, they, like, can't, go the and play, like, they can't go
2: back and play. the can't go back and play like the last 40, 40 seconds of the game. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah that, uh, So that's a shame. They lost by one point. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, I, they just better win on Sunday in, you know, game six, right? Because I can tell you, it's a Toronto tradition that if they go to seven games, I'm telling you right now, as God is my witness, as Trump got elected, they will lose game seven. Well, that's Kevin a,
1: Durant out, they've got a pretty good shot now.
2: That's true. I mean, like, even consider he was only, well, was he in other games? Because he was, he was only in this game, right? Wasn't
1: he? I got he, the impression he was that out he was, for a couple of games, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he still got ten points. I mean, so technically, he did help the the team win, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, because I mean, the, the the Raptors were back. I don't know if they really get back on their heels though, because they've been down ten points in in all like, pretty much all the games, right? That I've watched anyway. So I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they do it. You know, not just to, not just as a bandwagon jumper, which is what I am. So one of my one of my buddies at work said, "Hey, oh the the championship trophies in." in in, uh, down at the Scotiabank Arena, we can go down and have our picture taken with them. Like, why would I want to do that? He goes, "I thought you were a big Raptors fan." I'm like, "No, no, I just wear a red shirt."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, once the the NBA Finals are over, I'll be switching my full attention over to the Women's World Cup. Mm. That soccer? Which, yeah, I don't know if, if y'all saw the USA versus Thailand. Mm-hmm. It, it was amazing. Like, I've never there's literally never been a game like that. Did the US win? 13 nothing.
2: Oh, you got to be kidding me! That's what it I'm not kidding. Score, go go right? search
0: online. There, you can see recaps of all the goals and it takes a couple minutes with just the goals.
2: Yeah, they were saying, they were. I heard something something about uh, running up the score, and you know, like whether that was a good thing to do or not, right?
0: Well, I mean, there's maybe the sportsmanship angle that people are coming, but from a practical mm-hmm. angle, it is now impossible for them to lose the goal differential tiebreaker. Oh, really? So, I mean, can any other team come up no, come it's un, with it's like unheard a 13-point differential? That's unheard of in soccer. Soccer
2: is like 2 nothing is a is a big, you know, is, is running away with the score, you know?
1: So like
2: hockey yeah yeah right yeah Don't get don't get home you started on goaltending um but yeah the uh <laughs> the um the canadians are playing i think today or tomorrow too they got a pretty good chance i don't know how they did today with against cameroon yesterday today something like that so is the American women's team like a big contender in women's soccer? Do you know?
0: Historically, pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since the very first, I mean, there, there really haven't been that many. That here, here are your your champions over the last since 1991: United States, Norway, mm-hmm. United States, Germany, Germany, Japan over the United States, mm-hmm. United States. So we're we're really good when it comes to this. So we're uh, we definitely got high expectations. Um, but uh, you never know. That's why they play the games. Hopefully, hopefully things work out. For the Americans. You know, I'm certainly rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously can't go, you know, 13 and nothing in every game. There's going to be more difficult games for sure. But, um, but Canada must
2: have won. They're in Group E. They got three. Netherlands has three. And um, New Zealand and Cameroon has zero. So I would assume that means Canada won and Netherlands won.
0: That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I don't know
2: how many games they've played so
0: far. Where's the USA? Everybody should only have one because they're still doing the opening games for some of these. Mm. So why I would think- they have
2: three points? Is it it's not goals right
0: no you get 3 points for a victory 1 point for a draw 0 points for a loss
2: oh okay it's like the goalie the
0: old uh, goalie rule before they had shootouts cuz germany's got 6 wait germany's played twice maybe yeah maybe they okay so maybe they've just gone to the first round for everybody or the first round germany uh, and france have 6 round, right
2: and then, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so they played on Thursday. Sorry, they played Wednesday. Today's Thursday.
0: Oh well, yeah, it looks like a handful of teams. Like France has a couple wins. Mm-hmm. Germany a couple wins. Not everybody has had their. Oh, France
2: played on the first day on the seventh. Yeah,
0: not everybody's had their second game. Like USA only has one game.
2: Mm-hmm. See, France beat Korea or nothing. That's a runaway. <laughs>
0: yeah it, it it was it was just wild. Like I don't understand why the goalkeeper stayed the same. Like you would think that would just destroy you internally. No. And then now that. Point Oh, person is forever in the record books as the most goals given up in a single game. Um,
2: They've never see me play soccer goaltender.
0: <laughs> the thing I will say
1: that I play. Well, huh? They should get a walrus <laughs> to play goaltender.
0: <laughs> no, they'd have to get a blue whale to pay yeah, soccer. Yeah, for a soccer. You need to cover cover up that amount. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's you know conceptually sound, but I think the feasibility is not, not quite that great. But yeah. I will say, what is more feasible is I am shocked, just given like, it's like a bloodbath out there. They do not call they do not referee the the games in the women's game the same way they do the men's the men's you don't even touch a person you just swing in their direction the guy falls down he's yeah. never going to walk again and yeah. his children will mourn his death yeah um and they call you know easy stuff here they just they're getting bloody they're getting kicked in the face they get pushed down there's no no fouls you know no holds barred sort of thing and yeah. you would think there would be like i would do there's the enterprising <laughs> bill belichick equivalent who's like my players are gonna be bigger and they're just gonna shove over everybody i'm going to mm-hmm. force the referees to call it every time mm-hmm. you know just just work you work within the the boundaries of what they're giving you hmm. i'm going to win the next 10 world cups that way i mean it's yeah, a winning yeah. strategy how could you lose
2: yeah yeah interesting all right well i guess we'll call it a night
1: all right talk to you later okay talk to you guys later all right. okay, Bye. bye